The countdown to summer is on. Wenatchee Apple Sox Baseball returns on June 2nd, and it's time to meet the newest members of the 2023 team with this week's roster release. Here are your hosts, the voice of the Apple Sox, Joel Norman, and head coach, Mitch Darlington. Well, it's time to meet the newcomers to the Wenatchee Apple Sox for the 2023 summer. I'm Joel Norman, chatting with the head coach of the Apple Sox, Mitch Darlington. We've met a lot of returning players, eight guys from last summer, coming back again here in 2023. But now, Mitch, it's time to welcome the new guys to the team. It's exciting to get to this point because these are the faces that fans don't really know right now, but they're going to learn to love them over the course of the summer. Yeah, absolutely. This, uh, this group of arms that we are talking about a little bit this week are some really talented guys, all coming from junior colleges in the Northwest. And, and just really excited for our fans to kind of hear these names and, and get to know these faces because uh, these guys are going to be doing some big things and moving on to some really good schools here shortly. We're going to announce six players this week, and five of them are going to be pitchers. And for those of you who may be keeping score at home in this instance, you may notice by the end of the week the Apple Sox have only announced uh, three position players at this point. Mitch, this goes back to the, the theme of summer college baseball. You can never have enough pitching. Yeah, I, I feel like as we announce these uh, rosters and, and people are looking and, and kind of following along, they're saying, how many arms, how many pitchers are the Apple Sox signing? But, um, you know, honestly, you got to get mid-20s to almost 30 arms signed uh, this time of year just because, you know, for one reason or another, guys drop out, guys aren't able to make it, and then just the amount of innings limits that coaches uh, put on their arms for the summer, it just makes it really tough to – to kind of build a roster and have enough quality pitching on your team. It's almost sobering to say it, but there's a decent percentage of pitchers each year that you sign and almost anticipate. I'm probably not going to see uh, some percentage of them. What 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 amount would that be in your ideas if you're just kind of spitballing a, a number? Yeah, I think, you know, la- last summer, I believe we uh, at this point had 30 arms signed. And I want to say that 21 of those original 30 guys ended up showing up. So you kind of factor in that you're going to lose at least five. And then, you know, on top of that, you, you know, maybe a couple more. But, you know, even for, for position position spots, you you know, right now we run about two deep, two guys at every position. And again, you factor in that you're probably going to lose at least two or three of those guys that for one reason or another aren't going to be able to make it out here for the summer. Yeah, and for those people who may not be sure, you know, injuries are going to shut guys down, maybe playing more than coaches anticipated, I think. A lot of these contracts are signed in the fall, so the, the anticipation is that, okay, these guys may not be used in a certain capacity or they're going to work on this in the summer, but obviously things change over the course of the season. And I think the the injury factor works both in favor and, again, sometimes building a West Coast League roster, doesn't it, Mitch? Yep, absolutely. And, you know, some, some other things to keep in mind are that, you know, guys end up signing with different schools. You sign a junior college arm, and then, you know, their coach is fine, of course, with them coming out and pitching. Well, then they sign with a new school and that that uh, that new school is kind of like, hey, you know, last spring it looked like he threw 50, 60 innings. We really don't want him to throw before he comes to us. Um, so it's just it's just finding that balance and building relationships with coaches so that they trust what you're doing with their pitchers, trust what, you, what you're doing with their guys and, and just, you know, kind of having that relationship established. Yeah, it's the transfer porter portal is very real in the the sense of building these rosters a, a, as well so Mitch before we dive into this roster I figure we'd check around the some of the Apple Sox alums and how they've been doing the college baseball world I know one weekend series we both kind of had our eyes on was that UC Irvine Gonzaga one uh, Joe Ichiro Yama posted a, a photo on his Instagram story with a couple of his former Apple Sox teammates it had to be neat for you to see that a lot of those guys especially seeing those two teams clashing as well Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Knowing that Joe is in Spokane and playing against the Zags and, you know, he looked like he went out to dinner with Enzo and Ezra and Garrett Gores. And um, that's what it's all about. Those, those summer ball relationships that these guys can carry on into, into the rest of their lives. So yeah, really fun to watch that one. Um, you know, at the time of recording this, we've really only gotten one game in between that series because the Friday night one was canceled. Uh, if you're in North central Washington, we've had obviously more snow in the past couple of days, but that one went into extra innings. UC Irvine pulled it out. Ezra made a real big highlight, real play though, uh, diving catch behind the dish and then threw out a runner that was tagged at first and tried to go to second. So I, that's kind of going around the internet right now. 
a heck of a play by him. Um, and I believe Joe Ichiro was the one who was trying to bunt it and popped it up from what it looked like in the video. So uh, definitely a big Apple Sox connection there that maybe we can share on our social media. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at that. I'm still catching up on my stuff after a couple of hockey games, but trying to keep an eye on how our guys did. Oh, that's really neat. No one should be surprised to hear Ezra Samper is making great plays defensively. Just such a rock behind the plate last year. And I felt like he was kind of the number one option for defense behind the plate last year. Oh, absolutely. I, in my opinion, he was one of the best defensive catchers in the entire West Coast League. Uh, real strong arm, good hands, quick feet, j- just looks like a professional back there, does things the right way. And so he, he's one, he's fun to watch. I've often thought it'd be fun if we could do some sort of fielding awards, almost a you know a summer version of a gold glove. But it's hard with how much the rosters change and not enough innings and such a, a small sample size as well. But boy, if you know, you had Ezra Samperi for a full summer. I'm sure he would win something like that. Uh, other stuff I noticed with Applesonics alums, I don't know how much you've been keeping an eye on the World Baseball Classic. Boy, it was so cool seeing that clip of Ryan Long. I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but uh, former Applesox pitcher Ryan Long, he's competing with Team Great Britain. And they did fall, of course, to uh, Team USA on Saturday night. But Long had a pretty cool moment where he was able to strike out Mike Trout in that game as he came on in relief and You know, that's something that's a guy who has never pitched above single A to this point. Boy, is that a cool moment to have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I saw the Apple Sox share that one on social media. So kind of clicked on that, followed along. Another name, you know, that I actually didn't have a chance to coach, but an Apple Sox alum, Jackson Vandenbrake at North Carolina, having a monster year for them. I think he just the other day had another two, uh, two home run game. I think that's the second of the year. And so he, it looks like he's playing short a bunch for North Carolina and they're off to a good start. Obviously their program speaks for itself being in the ACC and just a powerhouse, but really cool to see him uh, playing at a high level, you know, a local product out of, I believe it was like West Valley Yakima. So. Yeah. From Yakima played at Tacoma community college, boy, he just tore it up there with them. And he had a tough summer with the Apple Sox in 2021 in terms of batting average, not where he was used to hitting, but Boy, I think that really helped prepare him for getting to that that level playing with North Carolina and just such a rock-solid fielder, too. So, And I, I said no pun intended with some of those rocks we see in the Paul Thomas Senior Stadium infield, but <laughs> he handled it very well. Really good player. Good to see him doing well. So, Mitch, let's dive in then into this week's roster announcements. We've got a lot of, as we mentioned, pitchers to talk about once again. And we're going to start with a connection with one of our members of our coaching staff. Who's the first guy? that the Apple Sox are announcing here this week. Yeah, so the first guy that we'll talk about this week comes from Lower Columbia College. You know, obviously Mike Calia is our new pitching coach, and he is serving as an assistant coach at Lower Columbia. So that connection alone right there has helped us um, land a couple of these LC guys. So Michael Schwartz is his name. He's a left-handed pitcher. This has been LC's ace for the last couple of years now. He's a sophomore this year. Um, I envision he's probably going to sign somewhere really good. I think he's got a lot of division one interest. Um, he was an all NWAC guy last year. Looks like so far this year, he started four games for him. So again, he's kind of been their dude on the mound. And for us, we're hoping, you know, obviously it looks like he's going to throw a lot of innings this spring, but, you know, hopefully get him for the first half of the summer, um, or as long as we can. Um, and we and probably could see him in that starting role as well. Um, guy that mixes speeds well uh can throw multiple pitches for strikes and uh you know being being an ace at a a school like lower columbia kind of speaks for itself yeah in a lot of ways i mean you look at the numbers on him just really eye-popping last season 14 games 13 starts 220 era and 77 and two-thirds innings and this year pretty much falling up right on par with what he did a year ago four games four starts 228 era is the time that we're recording here on sunday 23 and two-thirds innings, 20 strikeouts to eight walks. I mean, that K per nine at 7.61, I guess a little down from the year before at 9.15, but, oh, just remarkable stuff. The thing that stood out to me the most about him was his second start of the season here. February 24th against Bellevue, eight innings, just four hits and two runs, one walk, not a ton of strikeouts, three, but, I mean, you go eight innings in any type of game, NWAC, Division One, whatever it is, that is so impressive to see, and, that I think my first thing I wondered about him was the usage. And uh, that's something we'll, we'll put here that in just a little bit. I was something I asked Michael Callie about is just, you know, what's going to happen with 
how many innings he's tossing. Mike was kind of saying, you know, we kind of have to play that by ear. But Mitch, this is a guy who, as you mentioned, he's a stud, and I'm really excited to see what, what happens with him after his time at Lower Columbia. You know, it could be one of those situations, you know, where he throws a bunch of innings this spring, hasn't signed anywhere, and he may need, um, you know, may need to get a few more starts uh, this summer for us just to get uh, some more eyes on him and a little more exposure. But de- like you said, definitely uh, excited about him. He's going to be an absolute dude for us if we can get him in here. And, you know, the the, the two ERA kind of speaks for itself, the 20 strikeouts to eight walks, pretty good stuff all around. So always nice to have a left-handed arm coming in for you no oh, absolutely it's going to be interesting seeing how that works too the we had a couple of great lefties last year and i imagine he's going to join quincy vassar in that role probably in the rotation and that was what i wanted to ask you about next mitch was how do you look at guys like this and you say are you able to look at a guy like michael schwarz and say i can expect him to probably be a starter as long as i get the green light from the coaching staff or is it you know with a lot of these guys you go we'll see closer to the start of the season for right now i'm just happy to have the arm yeah, a lot of it is, you know, if if you kind of can follow closely or kind of follow these guys throughout the spring and kind of see what role they're in at their school and try to somewhat tailor to that, you know, a guy like Michael Schwartz, obviously, he's been a starter probably his whole life. I mean, I, I'd imagine all through high school, he was the dude in high school and then goes to lower Columbia and, you know, is, is there a starter there? So trying to just play to what he does really well. And then, you know, obviously... You, you sign 20 something arms, you know, if half of them are starters, half of them aren't going to start. So uh, from there, it's just kind of finding what roles guys can embrace and what they're good at and, and kind of how the arm responds and what the arms built for a guy like this, you know, throwing eight innings in February, obviously keeps his arm really well in shape. Pitch count must be able to go <laughs> obviously extremely high. So you, you, you want to use those bullets while you got them. Yeah, most recent time he took the mound was a day ago at the time of our recording. It was this past Saturday against Columbia Basin, uh, six and a third in that one. Did allow four runs, five hits, struck out seven and walked two. And, you know, if he can give you that kind of depth in the summer. I mean, Mitch, we talked about it last year. It was, it was rare we got a lot of guys who were going beyond five or six innings. Quincy Vaster was really the one who did that the most. Yep, layout. We've talked about it before, you know, if you can just get – Get some starters that'll go in there and compete, can go six innings for you, and keep you in a ball game. You you really like your chances. So a guy like this, you, you're hoping you get him for the summer, and hope hopefully uh, he can keep producing what he's doing at Lower Columbia and bring it to Wenatchee. Yeah, and I don't believe he's announced his next commitment after his time at Lower Columbia, but like you said, I think that's going to be something we have to keep an eye on because it just depends on the program. Sometimes some are some are more willing to use guys in the summer. Some will say, you know what, let's. Let's keep him under our own eye right now. And, you know, Mitch, I'll figure I'll ask you about that before we move on to our next one. What do you see in the value of both sides? You know, you take off your Apple Sox cap and you put on your figurative, you know, Division One or, you know, junior college coaching staff uh, cap. And you say, OK, what are the what are the positives to pitching in the summer and what are the perks to maybe taking some time off as well? Well, yeah, it, it really depends what you're trying to do. A lot of pitching in the summer is guys that either didn't get innings that need to continue to pitch or guys that did get innings but need to develop a second pitch or a third pitch you know the guys that are really really polished a lot of times and and get a lot of innings in the spring they more need to go what we call like go home and train you know they need to go home and find a way to strengthen your arm add velo but they don't really need to go out there and compete against live hitters. Whereas, you know, some of these guys, like a perfect example last summer was a guy like Reese Leitenberg, you know, low nineties fastball, but really quite didn't have that second swing and miss pitch. And so, you know, his coaching staff, when they sent him out was like, Hey, uh, you know, we want him to get as many innings as he can get. And we really want you guys to focus on developing that change up or developing some sort of an off speed pitch. That's a swing and miss pitch. So a guy like Reese, you know, he, he just needed innings. He needed to get on the bump and get the feel of facing live hitters and, and go work on a second pitch. So, you know, that's, that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah. And we started to see him really develop in that way later in this, in the month of June. And then he carried that with him to the end of July when his time with the Apple Sox ended. So we mentioned uh, M- Michael Schwartz joining the Apple Sox, the first edition of this week. Now let's move on to our next one. As we mentioned, Mitch also coming from lower Columbia. Yeah, another arm coming from Lower Columbia. Uh, this is a Richland High School kid, uh, Joey Pearson. Joey is one of those, you know, kind of like the second 
guy I just referenced, a, a kid that's somewhat raw right now. Low 90s fastball, can really run it up there. Got has all the makings to be a really, really good arm. Has all the tools, but just but just needs to develop a little bit more. So we're really excited to get him in. I think he's going to be a full summer guy for us. I could see him getting a ton of innings. But yeah, like I said, you know, really heavy fastball can run it up to the low 90s. From everything I hear, a good kid, good competitor, and so excited to have him be a part of our staff. Like we said before, hard to really go wrong with these arms from Lower Columbia, as it's it's a proven program. I think that's the best way to really put it there. In his career, though, he's not had a ton of work. As uh, Joey Pearson, this season has only pitched in the one game in what in his, his freshman year there. So it, it's small sample size right now. Looking at at the time I talked to Mike, we'll hear from that in just a moment. He had not pitched in a game yet, so just got into one. And at, he said that was an instance I remember that this guy was kind of battling with an arm injury, which might work in the Apple Sox favor, Mitch, is that this is a, a situation where guys, his spring might be a little bit lighter. You ramp him up a bit more in the summer and get him back to 100% next year in 2024. Yep, exactly. Um, a guy like, you know, Evan Canfield is kind of the example. Uh, Evan would have been, you know, Edmonds main, one of their main starters last year, kind of got dinged as they were approaching spring, ended up not being able to pitch all spring. And then, you know, it works out great for a summer baseball club like us, because then you get as many innings as you can get out of them. One more thing to touch on with Joey, like I was mentioning, you know, just a really high ceiling, perfect game had him ranked as the 14th best player in the state of Washington coming out the seventh best arm. So the seventh best pitcher coming out of the state of Washington last year. So a guy that was probably getting some Division One interest, like I mentioned, just a little bit raw. We're, we're excited to see what he can do for us. Should be a lot of fun adding that. As we mentioned, hard to go wrong with these lower Columbia arms. So that wraps it up on those two with the, the Red Devils. And here, let's hear a little bit about what Apple Sox head, or pitching coach Mike Callie had to say earlier this week when I chatted with him about uh, these coming arms from the Red Devils. So on this week's roster announcement for the Apple Sox, we've got a couple of pitchers coming to the team from Lower Columbia College. So we thought, wait, wait, wait a sec here. Let's take a look at our our pitching coach for the summer, Mike Callia, and get his insight on these guys. Mike, two pitchers coming from Lower Columbia to the Apple Sox. First one is going to be uh, Joey Pearson. Let's touch on him to get things started first. He has not pitched at the time you and I are chatting. He has not pitched in any games yet for the Red Devils. What have you liked about him that leads you to believe he's going to have some big innings for you guys when he does take the mound with Lower Columbia and then again with the Apple Sox this summer? Yeah, Joey Pearson, uh, you know, freshman out of Richmond, Washington. Uh, very special arm. Uh, we're happy he landed on campus. Uh, he's a little little behind in terms of a, a shoulder injury in early January. So he's he's on pace. He's actually live out of the bullpen for us as of now. Two elite breaking balls. He's a special arm. He's got a, he's got a chance to play this game for a long time. Uh, brings a lot of energy when he gets on the bump and uh, has great intent with all his pitches. I'm looking forward to seeing him get out, not only for the Red Devils, but uh, this summer in Wenatchee as well. What kind of pitches can Apple Sox fans expect to see from him uh, this coming summer? Yeah, he's got a high-velocity fastball, and he pairs it with a high-effort slider. So um, it's pretty wipeout. It's really good when it's on, and uh, we're excited. He's been really good against our hitters, and I think you know we have some of the best hitters in the league. So we're excited to see what he can do this spring, and I think things are just going to continue to get sharper for him as he learns and he grows as a collegiate baseball player over the summer. You mentioned the injury in January. Is that something you're maybe expecting? We're, we're chatting in early March at the time. You expecting maybe the end of this month or early in the next month he gets into action? He just got on the bump for us this week. So he's he's ready to go. He's he's all healed up, ready to roll. Uh, nothing major, just some minor soreness and discomfort in the shoulder. He's 100% healthy now, uh, ready to roll. Look forward to getting him in the game this weekend against um, Columbia Basin. So his hometown, so it's going to be kind of – Kind of special for him getting a debut and against his hometown, but 100% healthy. Uh, he's ready to roll. He's ready to roll, ready to eat up some innings for us. Really looking forward to that. It's always fun to get the young guys in. They get their first taste of the college action and then jump into the summer with as much enthusiasm. Now let's move on to the other one, a southpaw, Michael Schwartz, pitching a lot of games for you guys last year before you got back over to Lower Columbia. 14 games, 220 ERA, 13 starts, and he's continued to start this year and. Boy, pretty lights out numbers for those first three games. 2-0 and in three appearances, all starts, and a 104 ERA in 17 and a third. 
Mike, what can Apple Sox fans, can they expect similar numbers from him this summer? It's hard to put up that kind of an ERA in the West Coast League, but really impressive start for the Red Devils for Michael Schwarz. Man, Mike Schwarz is an impressive arm. He's he's a special arm. Uh, there's not very many guys that are two-year aces in the NWAC, and he, he's got a chance to do that at Lower Columbia, which is which is awesome for him. Just a competitive kid, wants the ball every time, wants to win, wants to put it all out on the line for the team, and goes about his business the right way, handles things the right way. I'm I'm really excited to get him in Wenatchee. Uh, he's a great kid, great family, baseball family, understands the game well. So, you know, those are the kind of guys that when, you know, Mitch and I were building the roster, that's what we, what we wanted to build the roster around is those kids that want a ball, want the win, and want to just compete flat out against anybody. So I mean, I'm really excited about Mike joining us. And he, he's going to be great for us this summer. Uh, South Pond, as I mentioned, a lot of outings last year. I imagine he'll get used a fair amount this spring. Is there going to be any limitations for him, do you think, in the summer? I mean, again, you're kind of dipping in on both sides here as being part of his staff with Lower Columbia and then with the Apple Sox, too. Right. You know, he's in a unique situation. He's he's logged a lot of innings over the last few summers. Um, he's a guy that will be moving on to a Division One next fall, so we expect him to be pitching for us in Wenatchee. Don't necessarily know what that role is. We're gonna, you know, see how the spring plays out for him. But um, I'd expect him in Wenatchee. I expect him pitching in high leverage situations, um, and he's gonna give us what he's got. He wants the baseball. He's got a rubber arm, so we're gonna keep him safe. But we're gonna get him some innings under his belt. What kind of pitches has he got that Apple Sox fans can kind of look forward to this summer? Yeah, that, those. That's a testament to what he's done the last few months is he's really developed a plus changeup. So I'm excited to see how that changeup plays out. It's already been very good over the last couple of weeks. We're only, you know, three starts in, but um, he's got a very good breaking ball that he can show uh, ahead or behind in the count, which is highly effective in the NWAC. Um, but man, you add that changeup in there. And uh, as a Southpaw, as a lefty that can, you know, get up to the upper eights, he's, he's going to be a force to reckon with for us. Now his older brother, also went to Lower Columbia, correct? I imagine that was a big part of the recruiting to bring him there. Right. No, he was a huge get. Uh, older brother, Matt Schwartz, actually a teammate of mine when I was playing. Uh, he's at Utah Valley now. So, like I said, great baseball family. He understands it. He's got he's got a, a Division One brother that's pushing him, trying to get to that level. So I think that definitely helps his uh, level to compete at a high level. Hey, Mitch, that was Mike Callie, of course, the new pitching coach for the Apple Sox. And you know, right when we got done with our chat, it was fun. He was just talking about his excitement. He was saying, he's like, Mitch has got a really good roster going right now. And he told me, he said, I've got a couple of guys I kind of helped with, these two being part of it. But he said, he's like, I don't want to take credit for this, but I'm really fired up for this team that's being put together. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm excited for, for Mike to get over here and work with him. But, you know, it's refreshing, you know, as a coach to have assistants who are really fired up and excited about, the roster you're building and they're looking forward to summer even while they're in the midst of their own season so both him and and coach kelly are are uh it seems like all the time texting me about certain players they're seeing in the nwac or uh asking about guys that we've got coming in and so it's it's exciting i'm doing my best to try to you know step back and let them coach their spring season and let them focus on that you know i the apple socks can kind of be on the back burner for them right now yeah. um i want them to focus on their their respective schools but uh, we're, we're itching to get going for sure. Oh, I was going to say, it's got to be so tempting for you to just in a conversation with them to just dive right into the Apple Sox. But at the same time, <laughs> they are, they're juggling a couple teams right now, aren't they? Right. Well, it's hard, you know, like, you know, for example, when Atchee Valley will go and play Everett, you know, and Colton's obviously coach Kelly's work worried about his own guys at Wenatchee. Meanwhile, you know, his phone's buzzing. Cause I'm texting him. I'm like, Hey, take a look at this kid from Everett. Tell me what you think on him. And it's like the fourth inning of a game. He's probably like, dude, bitch, you gotta, you gotta relax. Get on out this. of here. <laughs> <laughs> I figure you might be texting Mike at some point. All right, let's pull Schwartz here. You know, five innings is enough. I want to use him as my, uh, my big game two starter this, this summer, you know, Pearson, right. let's let, let's let him rest up a little bit. No, no, we want them to get as many innings and then just have an even better summer with the Sox after that. But it's, it is funny. I always wonder that how much that communication is for you guys, because I chatted with Mike and, and he and I were both saying like, you know, yeah, it's really exciting, but also really busy with the team right now in our own different capacity. So it's that tentative, like you're trying to keep your energy for both properly leveled because you're excited about both, but you, it's hard when you're 
looking ahead not to think about that one a lot as well. So uh, it's going to be such a fun summer here. And I, I we were talking about the snow earlier, Mitch. I keep saying it's easy for me to say from afar, you know, over in Nebraska. But, hey, let it snow. Better weather in the summer for the Apple Sox. No fires. Let's have a great summer at uh, at Paul Thomas. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is one perk. That's for sure. Let's dive into our next set of guys. We will go back to lower Columbia later on, but for right now, we're going to continue with some more pitchers this week. Mitch, who's number three for this announcement for the roster, continuing with our NWAC theme? So let's talk next about Andrew Monson, a right-handed arm from Spokane Falls Community College, teammate of Garrett Gores, obviously. This is a guy that last summer threw for the Port Angeles lefties, had had good outings with them, you know, signed him this fall. Spokane's coach reached out and uh, said, this is going to be a guy that's going to be a main starter for us. Another guy that can run it up, touch a 90 with a fastball, but has really developed a couple off-speed pitches that are swing and miss pitches. Uh, good changeup good breaking ball. So a guy that can throw three for strikes and a, and a good competitor, a good kid, really excited to have him coming in. This is one of those where you, you don't quite know what role he's going to serve. You know, obviously he's a starter at Spokane Falls um, and having a good year with them. We shall see, I guess, what uh, what we want to do with him. I, I envision him getting plenty of innings for us, though. Now you look back at his numbers from last summer, and gosh, he was just lights out pretty much from – from his stretch from like from June until the end of July, gave up some runs in his last few outings, but may have been one of those situations where we talked about with several returning players for the Apple Sox that it was, they were used in a situation where it was like, okay, you know, we need you to eat some innings here because we're low on guys, but he was just fantastic to open up the summer, finished the 2022 season with Port Angeles, 0 and 4, but a 344 ERA 20 games. It's a lot for the summer. Really impressive. He put in that much work but just 31 in a third inning, so a little bit easier there. 36 strikeouts, 16 walks, 29 hits. And for me, it's always interesting seeing guys go from one team to another in the West Coast League. Maybe it's just a coaching decision. Hey, hey we're going to change something up. Maybe they just know, hey, let's have them pitch at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium where pitchers are going to thrive in 2023. Could be something like that. But either way, Mitch, 30 games for him last year uh, between Spokane Falls. He had 10 games in the spring. 20 in the summer he's already at three games this spring his numbers in the NWAC have been a little bit higher the 850 ERA last year right now 579 and again small sample size of three games but it it was interesting he had such a good summer compared to those numbers how do you read into a guy's statistics like that when you see he's struggling a little bit maybe in the NWAC but he had a again a really good summer last year in Port Angeles yeah, there, you know, there's just so many different things that can happen between spring and summer. You know, you got to remember the defenses behind you in the West Coast League. You got guys that can flat out get to balls that sometimes, you know, in the NWAC level, guys maybe aren't making that play for you. And the other thing is some guys just rise to the occasion when they're pitching at a higher level and, you know, kind of step up their game and, and bring it. But I think it, this this spring has been a really small sample size for him so far. This is his first year serving in a starting role for Spokane Falls. So they, they haven't had many games yet, just kind of getting off, getting fresh out of winter. And I, I really envision Andrew's going to have a good spring at Spokane. And I'm excited to, to have him come in. You mentioned, you know, bringing in a guy that's played for another West Coast League team. I really, I really like that. I really like bringing in guys who have had West Coast League experience. Just because, you know, you look back at last last summer's numbers and you think, okay, now this kid gets a full year back at school to develop get better, and then he's already building the pop upon that West Coast League experience before he comes in and, and plays for you. So love to get those guys that have already played elsewhere and you can bring them in and, and use that experience to your advantage. Do you find that guys who come back to the West Coast League, have, you know, they enjoy that second opportunity? It's kind of like, okay, I kind of know what I'm getting into this time around. Now here's my game plan for it. Yeah, I feel like, you know, guys like to see new places as well. You know, Ezra Sampiri was a guy that, Man, I think he'd played for two or three different West Coast League teams. Bellingham um, and Kelowna, and he had he had told me that in 2020 he had signed to play for Corvallis, so he almost went there as well. Yeah. Yep. So you know, for him, you know, knows the league, kind of knows what to expect, and a lot of it is you know knowing that that schedule. You know, it, it's truly a minor league schedule, playing every night. You know, the guys that have already been in the West Coast League kind of understand how the travel works. You know, it's long bus trips. It can be brutal at times. And they just have a little bit more of that professionalism about them after going through a summer doing that. 
playing every night, knowing how to take care of your body and do the right things to be ready to play every day. Now, Monson, a guy we mentioned at Spokane Falls, teammates with Garrett Gores. And we we talked about before on the podcast how Gores was a guy who got some at-bats last summer. I was looking at Monson's statistics, five plate appearances, three ABs, no hits, but a walk in there. Also a hit-by-pitch, so pumping up that on-base percentage. Um, Mitch, you're going to have to give these pitchers an opportunity to hit at some point. I don't know if it's a shutout or something. We're going to go all-pitcher lineup. I mean... I, these guys, we thought we had guys begging last year to swing the bat. I feel like it's only going to be even more this year so far. Yeah, the, the you know the worst part of this is our our announcer, our PA guy, our radio guy. You know, everybody just keeps uh, everyone just keeps pushing this narrative that that I've got to find a way to get these pitchers AB. So obviously, every pitcher thinks they can hit. They probably all did in high school. And you know, you mentioned Garrett Gore's credit to him right now. He's like top five in the NWAC and batting average. So, you know, early in the season, there may be a chance that uh, we see Garrett uh, taking the field a little bit. <laughs> I saw that when I was looking at his stats last week and that just cracked me up. It's just, it's not a knock on Garrett. It's just, we we only think of him as a pitcher and yet he, he's right. done, it done with the stick this year. And Mitch, I joked with the other day when I, I sent you a picture with uh, the guys in the NWAC with Apple Sox ties among the batting average. I mean, unbelievable. Some of these guys who have played for the Sox before off to great starts. You know, uh, Cole Kramer, Lynn Benton, 424. Brooks Rasmussen, 455. <laughs> Stephen Meyer, 487. Again, these guys have all played like 15 games or less, you know. But like you mentioned, Garrett Gores, 400. Justin Stransky, 400. I mean, unbelievable work with a stick, but in general, the NWAC's numbers offensively are a little bit higher. We saw last year in the West Coast League, the offensive statistics took a bigger jump than I think I've ever seen season to season. So when you take guys with who are arms from the NWAC, knowing that there are going to be some troubles to limit runs in general, do you kind of take that their stats sometimes with a grain of salt, like we were talking about with Monson, where his numbers are – they're a little bit higher than you would like, so to speak, in the NWAC right now? Is it more of just like, I'd rather see what he's done in the West Coast League because that's a little bit easier for me to compare to what to expect this summer? Yeah. You know, the other thing to remember, you know, with with especially when you're playing in the Northwest, is weather is such a factor for these pitchers. I mean, like, like we talked about, they opened up in February. I mean, you're going out as a pitcher in February. There's no way your fastball is anywhere, you know, up to what it's going to be when it comes June, July, and the temperatures are, you know, 95 degrees out um, and your arms feeling better and you're just loose. And it, it's just different. You know, hitters are going to have a little bit of an advantage, obviously, uh, as we start our season in this cold weather. So, you know, you factor in that, like I mentioned, you know, just going against division one talent, you got to remember you got division one talent behind you. These guys on defense make plays for you. So I, I, I personally, I love the NWAC arms a lot. For the most part, a lot of them go out there. They have something to prove, a little chip on their shoulder, and they pitch to contact, and, and, and that plays in this league. Not everything has to be a punch out. So uh, especially if you got you feel like you've recruited a good defense behind them. You ever had a ball player say they prefer to play in the cold compared to the, the warmer weather? I mean, we, we always talk about that with baseball, and you and I were talking about the cold with just games this weekend, but – have you ever had someone maybe who you played with, a coach, who said, yeah, you know, I actually kind of like the cold? <laughs> Personally, no, I, I honestly have not. <laughs> um, I know that during that hot streak where, you know, it was 110 in Wenatchee or whatever it was, I was kind of missing that, uh, uh, that, that cool uh, springtime breeze, but. No, that is one thing I, you know, personally, even myself, I do not miss. I, I'm seeing some of these schools rolling out right now when Ashley's playing this weekend and, you know, it's 35 degrees out. I'm like, I I can't say I missed that part of it. No, I, I, I'm with you there. I, I rarely, the only time I enjoy baseball in cold weather is postseason baseball because that's when all the marbles are on the table and everything's at stake there. That's the only time I'm all right with it being a little bit cold out. So we talked now about Andrew Monson from Spokane Falls. Let's continue with another Spokane Falls right-hander and the fourth player we're talking about here this week, Mitch. Yeah, the next arm uh, coming also from Spokane Falls uh, is Michael Keneally. Big, tall drink of water, uh, long, lanky kid that can run it up high 80s. And their coach is really high on this kid. Got a lot of upside. Got another one that just needs to develop a couple uh, – you know make a few tweaks here and there 
develop a little better off-speed pitch. Sky's the limit for this kid. I, he's one of those that could have a good spring, and then he could see him make big jumps this summer. So I think him being around a guy like Mike Calia for a summer and learning from him, as long as well as being around other Division One arms who are going to help tweak things and you know mentor him a little bit, him being a young guy, I, I think he's going to have a really good summer for us. He's a Gonzaga prep guy. Now at Spokane Falls, kind of following that that Garrett Gore's route guy, you know, from that high school up to the uh, the collegiate level. So, what what can you say about him with his pitches so far? Uh, I mean, I know that's something you you're still in the process, I imagine, of figuring that out with guys. But uh, really small sample size for him here in his first year uh, at Spokane Falls. Three ERA in two games, one start, nine innings. What do you know about his pitch types? You know, just know that he throws a really heavy fastball. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, a, a really tall kid um, gets down the mound, kind of a kind of an intimidating presence up there. Um, but like you mentioned, only thrown nine innings so far. His season's just got started. Um, seven punch outs in a matter of nine innings. Pretty good there uh, with a three ERA. So obviously off to a good start. Looks like he's competing to kind of get a start in one of those starting roles or it looks like he probably is in a starting role. Monsoon or Monson, Keneally and Gores look like uh, those three are all starting for Spokane this spring. So excited to see him grow. Just excited to see him uh, progress this spring. Hopefully I can get out and watch them play Wenatchee Valley college or big Bend uh, one of these weekends and see him in person, but you know, a true freshman excited to see what he's going to do this spring and the steps he's going to make before he comes into us this summer. That was going to be the next question I was going to ask you talking about watching guys in person. Have you had a chance to see any newcomers yet in person? It is still really early in the college baseball season, but I figured I'd check about that with these guys with the, you know, the NWAC level who are a little bit easier, more accessible for you. Have you had a chance to see any of them? I haven't been able to get out to any NWAC games just because obviously, you know, with the weather, Wenatchee Valley College hasn't really been able to host a game. Uh, Big Ben hasn't been able to host a game. Um, so the nearby North Central Washington schools have all been traveling to warmer areas to try to play. But no, hope, hopefully want to get out there and start watching some Wenatchee Valley play. And uh, like I mentioned, see some of like Spokane Falls when they come into town and some of these NWAC East guys as they come in. So we'll, we, we will be uh, getting out there shortly. What was that like last year when you got to do that? I know you went to a few different games in the spring. Were you... Were you doing like the the classic, you know, you chat with the player after, hey, really nice to meet you. I'm Mitch Darlington with the Apple Sox. We'll see you this summer. <laughs> or was it more <laughs> you kind of just we're watching from afar, so to speak? Yeah, more of more of just kind of watching from afar, like, you know, taking in last last month, got to go out and watch Brandon Ponce play at Big Ben. And, you know, obviously I'm really connected with that coaching staff. So enjoy going out there and chatting with them. But, you know, during the school season, I try not to – overly let my presence be felt or you know I, I want those guys focused with their team and their spring coaches and focused on their school ball and you know obviously introduce myself let them know who I am and we, we talk on text and call once in a while but no trying to take a back seat and just let them focus on that season before uh summer ball rolls around you talked about Keneally being a starter the last outing he had it was a six inning outing he allowed two runs on two hits struck out five walked three that was against Edmonds and a nine to eight win and uh, you know, a tight game like that, him pitching pretty darn well. And that that's had to be, that had to be a good so sign because we just, we know how talented that Edmonds team really is year to year. Oh yeah. Edmonds always has great talent, always has, you know, good hitting in their lineup. And again, early in the season like this, when it's cold out, uh, not to your advantage. So good to see him off to a, a solid start. So that's the second arm we talked about from Spokane Falls. We've gone through both of them as well as the two lower Columbia arms. Now we're switching things up a little bit to a different school and a guy with the, I think there's a lot to talk about with him, Mitch. Let's talk about our fifth pitcher that we're adding to the Apple Sox here for this 2023 season from the NWAC. Yeah. So the next pitcher that we'll be talking about is Keegan Adams. Keegan kind of has an interesting route or path. Uh, last year, he was a freshman at Centralia college was, was their main guy pretty much their ace all season had a good spring for them um and then last summer pitched for the dub c fish sticks who we remember you know obviously when actually or when actually apple Sox fans remember us playing them and kind of routing them in a couple games you know but but to their credit th those midweek game nights just like we we don't use you know a, a lot of our main rotation guys we're trying to conserve that for west coast league play 
you know, people forget that they're in the PIL, you know, and, and they're conserving some of their pitching. You know, a lot of times their position guys come out fired up. They want to beat a West Coast League team. But, you know, their head coach is managing it kind of like I manage it. Keegan Adams wasn't able to throw against us, but um, kind of following from afar, he had a good summer for the fist sticks. And a guy I actually tried to pick up at the end of last summer, I was actually that interested in him uh, that I reached out uh, on social media to him and was like, hey, when you're finished with your summer, any chance you can come throw? Unfortunately, at that point, he had thrown so many innings that he couldn't come join us for a playoff stretch. But immediately, you know, when when the season ended and when we kind of rolled into fall, he was the first to reach out and wanted to come back and, and, and play for us this summer. That's really cool to hear. As you mentioned, pitched at Centralia last year, 348 ERA, 13 games, 11 starts, uh, 0-6, unfortunately, despite his really good numbers, but just another sign of how that record isn't always indicative of how good a pitcher is. Did have one complete game over his 54 and a third innings, and always love talking about the strikeouts to walks, 32 strikeouts to 22 walks over the course of the season. Did give up 60 hits in that time, but uh, only one home run, Mitch, in 54 and a third innings. You can do that at any level, keep the ball in the ballpark. Really impressive. Yeah, like we mentioned a little bit before, pitching the contact, filling up the zone, making guys earn what they're going to get. Um, all really important things, uh, you know, at any level of baseball that you're going to play. Touching a little more on Keegan, um, he obviously now is not at Centralia. He uh, has transferred out. He's heading to Columbia Basin College next year. Um, kind of transferred a little late this fall and, and, and a guy that's like, like we talked again earlier, ha- has some things to develop. So, you know, training a little bit at driveline, trying to increase that fastball velo. Um, and he's just, he's just a few minor things away from being a really dominant arm. So kind of taking this year to train and then this summer to pitch and, and be ready to roll as he ends up doing his uh, sophomore year. Kind of interesting then because he's not going to have any work this spring in live game action. And there's definitely value to the driveline mentality of the let's up the velo and then get back in the game action and work things out. This is probably a, a guy, Mitch, I would I would guess, you know, unless he just sets the world on fire, but he's going to come out and probably going to be trying some things out those first few outings. Because of that, is this a guy you kind of look at as let's start him as a reliever. Let's go one inning at a time. And then maybe you can earn that starting role if if it's what works for you. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you haven't pitched against live hitters in a while. Um, you know, obviously, I would expect this spring he's going to be ramping up his bullpens and getting ready before he comes out here. But, um, you know, not seeing it live, not not seeing him face live batters, definitely going to take it, you know, one inning at a time and hopefully build him up as well. You know, build him slowly, incrementally, higher pitch counts and, you know, in some ways, it's a little bit of a blessing as a summer ball coach, um, a guy that's thrown no innings all spring. It kind of gives you free reign to, hey, man, we, we can use this kid as much as we want. But it, it, there is a little bit of that tendency of, OK, you know, I got to see it and I, I want to see what it looks like live. So, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for a guy who hasn't pitched in game action in the spring is you have to feel things out before you really let the dog off of the leash because you have to see how how comfortable he's going to be getting back into game action because I Mitch, there's no doubting it. It is a big difference. There's a really big difference between pitching and games and not, you can, you can simulate game action, so to speak, but there are things that you cannot simulate that happen in games. And what are the biggest challenges you see for a pitcher like him, you know, where this is going to be a situation for, for key and where you jump back in and you're pitching in a different way. You've got fans there. You've got, You've got hitters. You don't have – you're not just in the batting cages or anything. What are some of the biggest challenges you think that's going to be maybe for him that first time he takes the summer after pretty much a year off? Yeah, a lot of it, you know, not only is is the pitching, it's so much else that comes with it. Getting off the mound, fielding a bunt, making the throw to first, you know, a comebacker, where you're going with the ball, turning two up the middle, you know, backing up third on, on a ball in the gap, being in the right spot. You know, and and then just like bouncing back. How do, how do you bounce back after you give up a hit? How do you bounce back after after you give up a run? Um, you know, when you haven't dealt with that adversity in a little while, it's just it's just different. You know, it's just different getting getting up on the mound and, and doing it. So I think for for us, it'll be uh, important to find good spots for his first couple outings to use him in, and, and for him just to have some innings where he can go to work and get the feel back and and just see live hitting again. So. He's one of those guys who, when I look at him with his situation that we've been talking about, 
I wish that there was a non-league game or two to begin the season. I always, my favorite time to do those non-league games are almost right before the start of West Coast League play. I think, I think a lot of teams wouldn't mind if maybe the opening day for the West Coast League was a, a later in the sense that they had more time to bring in guys just for that, for non-league action to kind of test them out first. Because that first week or two of the season you're kind of seeing what guys can do. You're you're experimenting. And I think sometimes it's nice to kind of open up with those exhibitions, so to speak, before you really jump in live. But I imagine this is a guy, Keegan Adams, who might be circling that game like that June 19th against the Redmond dudes because that might be a good opportunity to stretch him out more if he hasn't been to that point. Yep, absolutely. No, you're, you're right about everything you said. And especially when you don't have a full fall, full winter, full spring of seeing guys you know, uh, that's a big part of this is you, you're really experimenting, tinkering with where guys play, um, you know, where in the lineup guys are going to hit, you know, what what kind of role your pitchers are going to have. You know, even looking back last year, we started off Mason Philly on opening night. And then I, I don't believe he ever got to start again. It was it, it was like, hey, this guy's going to be our back end bullpen guy. And so you, you just got to figure just got to figure those things out. And it, it takes a little bit of time. But you know, it also makes it fun in, in the meantime. You know, it makes it fun in that first couple of weeks of June because every team's dealing with the same thing. We're all trying to experiment, and we don't know quite what we got, what your ball club looks like. So, I remember you and I at one point last year at the end of the season, we looked at the lineup from opening day, and it's like, gosh, we're a different team now. And, like, oh, I can't believe we – you know, we thought, oh, we thought this guy was going to be, you know, three-hole hitter. He was going to be the ace. And like you said, Philly, he ends up being a shutdown reliever instead. It's just – we have all these things we're looking at going into the season. And I would say about a fair percentage of it ends up you know, being the case, but boy, there's that wild card. I think of each season that this is why you keep coming back to it. It's the unpredictability. If everything went exactly as planned, unless, you know, except for if you win a championship and you plan for that and you, and that goes as planned, everything else would be boring if it went exactly as planned. It's fun to see guys grow. It's fun to see how guys uh, deal with adversity and things changing up on the fly, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it, and really, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it never, you don't really have a long period where you feel like you've got your lineup or your team dialed in. I mean, you have different schools with different, you know, arrival dates. So, I mean, early June, we're working with 10 day contracts and then some of our main guys start filtering in. Well, then late June, we have the quarters guys coming in from California and then that changes your team dynamic, you know, and then you have that kind of like midway point, the halfway point in early July. And then, you know, some pitchers are leaving, but back end guys are coming in. Uh, then you got a couple weeks there in July where it feels like things are pretty stable. And right when things get stable, you know, it's the end of July and half your team has to take off for one reason or another, or guys are leaving and you're picking up more 10 day contracts again. Yeah. So it's just a, it's, a, it's kind of just a constant roster move. And like, you, like you've mentioned before, you, you kind of get to play general manager a little bit as a coach and pick your team and recruit your team and it, it, it doesn't stop stop all summer yeah the beginning of the season and the end of the season are extremely similar for different reasons the the beginning you're waiting for guys to come in the end you're saying all right who's next who has to leave now (laughs) what position has to be filled here which uh which which glove is garrett gore is pulling out today what position you want to play garrett we're out a guy there (laughs) yeah that's that's gonna be our running joke of the podcast this whole spring is you know what positions garrett gore is gonna learn next it feels like (laughs) absolutely I'm hoping at some point, hopefully he listens to some of these. He's basically like the third star of the podcast at this point. But but anyway, Mitch, we, we've talked about a lot of a lot of pitchers at this point. And frankly, it's, it's been a lot over the last few weeks here. Let's dive into a position player, a guy, a, situa- a player. It's going to be easier for you in a way to identify with as someone who was a position player yourself in that sense as a hitter. Let's talk about Eastman, Easton Amundsen joining the Apple Sox here. Mitch, let's dive into him. Yeah, so Easton is a uh, a left-handed bat out of Lower Columbia. Uh, again, another credit to Mike Calia, uh, a pickup by him. This is a guy that played last summer for the Bellingham Bells, kind of finished the season with them, had some really good numbers, impressive, impressive numbers with them, uh, and, and impressive power as well. So in our ballpark, you know, for, for the fans that don't know, you know, we kind of have a jet stream that blows out to right. So left-handed bats in our park. They just play really well. You can lift the ball a little bit to right field, get it up in that jet stream. Any any sort of pop to right or right center, ball ball really carries out of our yard. So uh, this is a big power left-handed bat that's going to be really nice for us. 
Um, as of right now, he's on a 10 day contract, but you know, he's a utility guy. He can play first, uh, can play third, can play corner outfield. So it's another one of those 10 day contracts where, you know, if something were to happen, we have an injury, we have a guy not show up. He, this kid is more than capable of being a full summer contract guy. And, and honestly, it'll be fun to see where he signs this spring because he's a really physical, really physical kid, six foot four. I think he's like 220 pounds and, and, and he just looks like a division one baseball player. So he, he's probably going to be having some division, division one interest this spring. And it'll be fun to see where he signs. Credit to the Bellingham Bells for picking him up last summer. 14 games with them, debuted mid-July, 448 batting average, 58 at-bats, but still. Uh, really impressive stuff with him, Mitch. I mean, this is a guy who he opened up the summer and he had a hit in every game that he played in until August 4th. I mean, that's just incredible, the way that he opened up the season. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an 11-game hitting streak to start the year, and kind of carried that with him toward the playoffs too. The Apple Sox only saw him once, but I mean, great pickup for Bellingham, but a guy who did not get a ton of work last spring at lower Columbia. So for me, it was just like, wow, what a find. And I think he's really stepping up in a role this year. He only played in 19 games with the red devils in the 2022 season. Did have one home run, 10 RBI, but you know, 146 batting average. I think on paper, this is a guy you look at and you say, wait a second, I'm not really sure what role he fills. And then you see the summer he had with Bellingham. What what has caught your eye that maybe would have caught their eye a year ago when they signed him? I, I mean, the physicality for one thing, uh, like I said, you know, really looks like a really looks like a ball player. And then the left-handed bat, he he has good swing from all the videos I've seen. Really can swing it. Uh, you know, some guys it just takes a while. It just takes a while after high school, you know, to adjust to college level pitching, whether it be junior college, whether it be Division One, you know. It's still a pretty big jump from high school level pitching that you're going to see every day. You know, and the other thing is lower Columbia's program is so good that just because you're not getting a ton of work your freshman year in that program does not mean that, you you know, at any other school in the NWAC, you wouldn't be a main everyday starter. So, you know, the batting average is freshman year. That's really hard. That's, it's hard to judge someone's batting average in 19 games. You know, a couple hits, something falls, you know, hit, you know, a couple duck farts over the shortstop's head. Your batting average goes to 190 to, you know, 280 with two hits. So, you know, obviously credit to him. Seems like a kid that puts in the work, stuck the course, didn't want to just jump ship and get out of there just because he wasn't playing his freshman year. And uh, it's paying off. It's looking like he's their four-hole hitter this year and excited to see what he's going to do the rest of the spring. Three home runs last summer with Bellingham in just 14 games. Right now for Lower Columbia, one home run in 13 games. The most home runs I've seen since I've been with the Apple Sox in a season was six. Three different players have done that. Do you think this is a guy who gets around that, you know, five or six home run total over the course of a summer, especially with playing, as we mentioned, in a place like Paul Thomas, which really favors those left-handed hitters? Oh, I, I definitely don't think it's out of the question. You know, I'm not one to predict what guys are going to do in the summer. It's so hard to know, but definitely more than capable. But a, a guy, a left-handed bat that just has that some juice to right field, it, it – definitely will play in our park so it'll, it'll be fun to see what he can do for us got to play more in those 10 days though first he signed on that 10-day contract mitch is this someone where we talked about with nino voltaggio last week is this someone you're expecting to start the season with the apple songs and then prove his worth moving forward to see if he can stay with the team longer yeah you know it it, it is it, some of it is proving your worth some of it you know it, it's just the luck of you know are uh, our, our guys not going to show up or, you know, is one thing going to happen? I don't want to say injuries because it's never lucky for someone else to have an injury, but you know, a guy like last summer, Xandro or Hudos, who was a 10 day contract. And then, you know, three days before the season, we, f- we find out that one of our middle infielders isn't going to make it out, you know, a break like that. Some of that is just the breaks that are going to happen. And that's what keeps you on a summer team. And unfortunately other times, you know, you have 10 day contracts that everyone shows up. And you you already got, you know, your five outfielders and you say, hey, I, I can't do this to the other guys that have already signed long term contracts with us. I can't keep six outfielders on the team or whatever it may be, but definitely a kid that is more than capable and and deserves somewhere in this league to be a full season contract. So, yeah, so it's huge to have the apples have him on the Apple Sox in that capacity then. 
So another uh, Lower Columbia Red Devil joining the Apple Song. So as you might expect, we had to get the take on him from our Lower Columbia coach, who's going to be part of the Apple Sox uh, staff this summer. Mike Callia, the Apple Sox pitching coach, holds that same role with the Red Devils. And now, uh, Mike, this is a guy, Ethan Amundsen, who he did not, he's not a pitcher, but he's a position player, but a guy you get to work with plenty regardless and see him a lot as well. What does he bring to the Apple Sox here this summer that you think really excites him? Yeah, I'm excited to bring Easton along. Uh, big power bat in the middle of our lineup. Uh, he's been, you know, he's been tearing the cover off the baseball for us this fall. Uh, I think he had a 5.21 batting average in the fall, and spent some time in the West Coast League last last summer with the Bells and uh, hit above 400 there. So the guy's hit at at a lot of different levels, and uh, he's hit so far for us this spring. And um, just having quality at bats with a big presence in the box is going to be good for us this summer. Now, he's going to be a part of the Bellingham Bells playoff run last year. How excited is he to come to the Apple Sox? Have you chatted with him about that much at all, about uh, both of you going to the same place this summer? Yeah, he's he's excited to have some familiar faces there, lower Columbia guys with him. He's just a bright kid that that loves playing baseball, so I think he's grateful for the opportunity to get out there and just compete for a team that's got a chance to win every time they take the field. For you personally, this is, the, at the time, the third signing from lower Columbia is going to join the Apple Sox. How nice is that for you? It's got to be fun to get a chance to, to work with those guys a little bit more after the spring season ends. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely biased, but lower Columbia is an awesome spot. So I'm, uh, I'm excited that these guys get to share, share something else with me and, and go to Wenatchee and share a different experience. Um, I think summer baseball is absolutely awesome. It's been great for me. So just allowing these guys the opportunity to get out there and play some more baseball. And I think it's always a win. That's the six players from the NWAC joining the Apple Sox here this season that at least signed so far. I imagine that can always change, always very fluid. Mitch, when you when we talk about the guys from the NWAC, it's so it's so fun for fans. They love to see you know, the Washington State, the Gonzagas, the these California Division One schools. They love seeing those, obviously. It's a little bit more exciting because those are flashier names, but I think what I always try to explain to people is that a lot of these guys currently at these NWAC schools are going to end up at those bigger Division One programs. What's your message for fans about these guys that, you know, maybe you don't know their name right now, but they're going to be something. And that's something worth keeping an eye on, I think, because last year, look at Brandon Ponce, you know, tore it up at Big Bend. Now he's playing with the Cougs. Yeah, no, it, for me, it's it's fun to really see these junior college players because like you mentioned, you know, they're going to sign somewhere good. They're going to go to a division one school. You know, obviously our fans love to see those big name schools immediately on our roster, but, you know, take a guy like Joichiro Oyama, who his sophomore year was at Merced community college in California and was then heading to UC Irvine and hadn't played a, a foot of division one baseball or step foot on division one campus yet. No, I, I would say just, you know, stay with them, follow that name keep an eye on them, watch them grow with us. And then, uh, you know, kind of keep tabs on them as they leave us because a lot of these guys are going to go on and play at a very high level. For you, how beneficial is it to add the NWAC guys? I think the biggest thing is that their season ends before the start of the West Coast League season for starters, which is not always the case with everyone else. How useful is it to have those guys, especially to open in the season? And then a lot of times to conclude it as well. Yeah. Oh, it, it's huge, huge for the Apple Sox, huge for me. It's, it's basically just a pool of talented players that are not quite at that level yet. But if, you know, if you have your connections, like we, you know, have two assistants that are on NWAC staffs, you know, I've coached in NWAC a few years. So I have numerous coaches that I still stay in contact with. If you grab the right guys and find the right junior college players out of the Northwest, you're getting division one talent and they're going to show up day one and be able to stay all summer for you. So um, it's just kind of doing your homework and, and and keeping tabs on all these different teams and and what players are out there. My last question about them: Do you are you like me? But do you feel like the NWAC guys are really the hungriest heading into the summer when they join the team? Because I just felt like late in the summer last year, boy, the Apple Sox got such a new burst of energy. It felt like when some of those NWAC guys joined the team, Division One players were kind of tiring down a little bit, and I think that really helped the Sox so much going into the postseason. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I, a lot of the NWAC guys, you know, want to step in and want to compete um, and, and, you know, and they want to show that they're at that level, you know, and then for them, you know, you're going from a crowd of 15 people at a junior college baseball game to, you know, a crowd of over a thousand at some of these West Coast League games. So 
it's just a bigger taste of almost playing like a professional style of baseball for these guys that, you know, maybe the division one kids are a little more used to, but you know, from a, from a junior college standpoint, I, I, I do, I think they come in and they want to prove something and, and they just love the game. They love to play it. So. I love the way they, you can see them kind of light up when they play for the fans at Paul Thomas, just like you mentioned with the number of people that are there, some of the biggest crowds they've probably played at to that point. So, Mitch, that does it for here this week. We're talking about the NWAC players joining the Apple Sox. A busy week, but as we mentioned, great to have some of these returners, come, or these newcomers, I should say, coming to the Apple Sox. And, hey, we've got more to come here. As next week, I, we should tease it a little bit, looking at next week's action for the Apple Sox. And we continuing the roster announcement. Next week, we're going to look at a little smaller size here. We're going to look at some of those guys from the Oregon schools. Uh, we want to tease them a little bit here. There's some excitement with a few of those guys. Uh, I'll say there is one flashy college name that fans will see next week yeah this offseason we're able to establish a good relationship and make a good connection with oregon state so we we have two kids uh who are heading to oregon state next year that'll be playing for the apple Sox. so we will touch on them next week i think that's a good way to end it here we leave everyone looking forward to next week mitch thank you for the time here this week awesome appreciate you joel thanks for tuning in to the wenatchee apple Sox podcast if you enjoyed it and don't already, please subscribe to get updates on our newest episodes. Make sure to like the Apple Sox on Facebook and follow at Apple Sox on Twitter or Instagram. Wenatchee Apple Sox Baseball, celebrating summer one inning at a time.